Welcome to Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. We return to you with the second half of our review of Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. I did not realize there was this much to discuss in this movie, guys. Oh, yes. This movie is so good. It deserves two whole episodes. Jamie, take or- your sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, in all seriousness. And the this? extra laughter you hear is Sammy is still with us. <laughs> yeah, Sammy's still Hello. with us. Uh, I was going to get into introductions, but yes, yeah, Sammy is still here with us. Um, I'm Dwayne, and I have with me... Jamie. And, of course... Sammy. Sammy's back with us. And, you know, guys, this movie, you know, I know we've talked to giving it a hard time. You know, there, there's somebody still gave it an A though. Of, of course, half a <laughs> half a great movie. I wonder who that was. <laughs> who was that? Who was that guy? Yeah, we need to have a talk with him. Take him out back. Stage intervention <laughs> after this episode. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so uh, when we left you guys last, um, we had uh, finished up all of our business on Tatooine. We had finished up our business on Camino. Obi Wan had had his uh, fight with Jango Fett in the rain. Uh, which was, you know, an absolutely killer, gorgeous fight. It was fight. a great scene. Oh, it was. Yeah, it really was. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and... And now it's time for Lucas's you know, philosophy to really kick in. Faster, more intense. Faster, more intense. Yeah, this is where uh, things start ramping up a little bit. So let me go ahead and start on the synopsis to part three. On Geonosis, Obi-Wan discovers a separatist gathering led by Count Dooku whom Obi-Wan learns authorized Padme's assassination and is developing a droid army with Trade Federation Viceroy Newt Gunray. Obi-Wan transfers or transmits his findings to the Jedi Council and with knowledge of the droid army, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine is voted emergency powers to send the clone army into battle. Anakin and Padme go to Genosis to rescue Obi-Wan but are captured by Jango Fett. Dooku sentences the trio to death, but they are saved by a battalion of clone troopers led by Yoda, Mace Windu, and other Jedi. Mace beheads Jango during the rescue. Obi-Wan and Anakin intercept Dooku, and the three engage in a lightsaber battle. Dooku injures Obi-Wan and severs Anakin's right arm, but Yoda arrives and defends them. Dooku uses force powers to divert Yoda and flees to Coruscant, where he delivers blueprints for his superweapon to his Sith Master, Darth Sidious. As Jedi acknowledge the beginning of the Clone Wars, Anakin secretly marries Padme on Naboo. I've got just a quick question. i just I got to ask it right now before I forget. Did you all think it was weird when Boba picks up the helmet? Did you ever wonder, like, is Jango's head still is in there? Still in? <laughs> Did it fall out? Yeah. <laughs> That was kind of a, a strange thing, you know. I, you know, do you get the head out? You know, you just leave the head in, you know. And, and I know they talk about lightsabers cauterizing wounds being so hot. Yeah, know. I didn't expect it to be blood, but I'm like, is his noggin still in there? I'm like, how, how much does a helmet weigh? That's kind of weird. <laughs> when he does, when he leaves, does he take the helmet and the head in the helmet? I mean, it was just like all kinds of questions started popping in my head as I saw that scene again. Yeah. It because was, if it's strapped in, it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is quite a few questions uh, unanswered here. <laughs> but now, in the in Expanded Universe, I believe that um, it's referred to Boba burying Django on Genosis Because he goes back years later. Did he keep the head, though? No, he goes back years later and frees <laughs> the armor. Uh, was the head still in it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little. I just that scene struck me. Yeah, yeah. It, it was quite odd, but you know, where we're starting in here, Jamie. We're starting at the. I'm sorry. At, I, at I, going I, to I, I had to ask you that because you're you're so, Captain EU over there. Yeah. I had to ask you that. <laughs> but now I want I want to get on something that Sammy brought up on in our, our break here is the chase into the asteroid and through the asteroid field. That, as far as visually stunning has some killer audio. If you want to ever have a 5.1 surround sound listening to that with the speakers all around, it is absolutely gorgeous. And you know, and what's key to that 
the the audio is fantastic, but there's also those moments of silence mm-hmm. before the seismic charge that I think really kind of sets those scenes apart. Yes. Well, I think Aunt Lucas, that's one of his things. He's like he's really good with sound. I yeah. mean, I, even though it's like you can ding him on some storytelling stuff, but all the sound, not just the score, but like the sound effects, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really strong in all of his movies. I mean, in all honesty, if you've got Lucas money, you're higher being Burt, Matt Wood, and John Williams. Yeah. I mean, and you're going to get an A, yeah. you know, from me, guys. But yeah, that that's a, a a big moment of impact, and I always thought it was phenomenal. And whenever I tweak my my home audio system, I always go to that scene. Wow. And and get to that sound, you know, the da, 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 and everything cuts out when they drop those charges, and then jump, you know, because <laughs> it, it really it starts at a point and it it envelops, you know, it does. the the thing, and you know, like Black Sabbath, you don't have to be all the time playing to be heavy. It's the space between the notes that create create the weight. Mm. Yeah. So nice. I mean that's that's uh, really fun, but yeah, we have some more of the Obi Wan detecting as he goes and sees uh, Count Dooku. Dooku's kind of a weird character, like the way the way he's presented in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they expect like we're supposed to know who he is, right? And he never really gets introduced. Well, we're supposed to take a face value that he's a Jedi. That's never and really he's explained. Being until... a great Jedi, yeah. And we find out that he was Qui Gon's master. And, and then I think Yoda says he, he's Yoda his says he was too. his master. Yes. Yeah, we, but like, he's never really introduced. We well, just found that out like much later on. It's just a weird. Yeah. I, I like the character. You know, Christopher Lee's great playing him. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird character. Well, yeah. and you know, and there's lots of nods to who he is that never made it really to the movie itself. You know, in the scene of the with the library with Jocasta New, mm-hmm. you know, he's looking at. The bust, bust of, of Dooku. Dooku. Yes. And, and those, if I remember correctly, I don't know if they still are called this, but they were originally called the Lost Twenty. And they were the 20 Jedi who had left the, left the order. order. Mm. And Dooku was one of those. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I had forgotten that, Sam. Thanks for reminding me of that. But yeah, you, as you see this, the, the bus uh, going down through the it goes to a whole history of who they are. Um, you know, in the EU, of course, but you know, not in this movie, which is really lacking. But yeah, but, but he's not Dooku's, introduced at all, right? But he's a Jedi. He just shows up, starts doing stuff. He's well, a he's Jedi. In the crawl. But he's also a count. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that work? I don't. He I don't. I don't think hard about that stuff anymore. He doesn't dress like a Jedi. Padme mm-hmm. was a queen, and then she was a senator, and right. uh, both were elected officers. It well, supposedly sense. he's very, very rich. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is a count. I think he's a count of Sereno or something Sereno, like that yes. was the system that he's from. But, I, just, I just roll with titles in Star Wars now. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you can be whatever you want to be. It's fine. You're the mayor of something cool. Whatever. I don't even think about it anymore. You know, but back, back with – you know, remember I said with Lucas wanting Hayden Christensen because, you know, he felt he had that boyish but also a James Dean – he wanted um, wanted Sir Christopher Lee because he felt he brought that sophistication that Sir Alec Guinness brought mm. in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. He wanted he, a, he wanted another yeah. character for the other side, for the dark side, that had yeah. that same type of weight. Yeah, and and you know, as far as acting chops and the ability to transfer weight, authority, you know, he really does deliver. But it is an odd character yeah yes yeah he, he is kind of an odd character there's a couple times i'm like was he in the phantom Venice? is my am i supposed to remember this yeah. guy i'm like right. where did where did he come from you know it's, it's just it's an odd odd thing to do yeah and one thing we glossed over with being on camino is you know you, you mentioned safadius mm. and you think you know is this guy safadius and then you hear of a darth tyrannus and we and we find out that he, aside from being just Count Dooku, is also Darth Tyrannus. He should have been Sifo Dyas. He well, to you tighten know, up the plot. Yeah, that is one thing that I thought was kind of odd. You know, you have a guy that we don't know giving another guy we don't know something to do. <laughs> <laughs> a very important thing. Yeah, to a do. very important something to do. Yeah, and and it kind of goes through. But I guess that's where you get into the whole diluted planning and shaping and shifting and you know running these things through different channels to this to uh, you know cause confusion but that would have tightened things up like if he'd been working with palpatine Mm -hmm. 
And before he left the Jedi Order, he had set up the stuff happening on Kamino. And then he leaves and goes and becomes Count Dooku, starts working with the Separatists. And as an alias. That would have made that a more straight line plot. Yeah, he even could have used Sophidius as a fake name. Yeah. You know, and it came out to have been him. Yeah, yeah this is true. It would have been easier true. to follow. Yeah, and just recently, um, Marvel Comics has been doing a series of one shots called The Age of the Republic. And in their Django Fett issue, there's a flashback to the moons of Bogdan, mm-hmm. and Lord Tyrannus approaches him. You know, to be be the template basically for this clone army. So yes. here we are, you know, seventeen years later almost, <laughs> and now they're inserting it, this scene. Yeah, it really into is. this comic. Yeah, it really is. And if you ever get a chance, if anyone has a GameCube, they'd like to dust off and get a copy of Star Wars Bounty Hunter. You play the whole game as Jango Fett, going through the missions and meeting up with Count Dooku and getting to different places and locations that are mentioned. It's really and it's really a fun play. It's it's really a fun gameplay. Yeah. But uh, and so in this in this part of the movie we have the the scene in the foundry, uh, not foundry. It's not a foundry. It looks like a foundry where they're making the droids. Yeah, where they're mm-hmm. making. So we find out where the droids. Yeah. Come from, or we find out where the droids come from. We find out where the clones come from. It's a, it's a dramatic scene. That's one of the places where the CGI doesn't hold up. Like, Jamie, where do clones come from? <laughs> I'll tell you later. I'll tell you when you're older. Um, but uh, and so like that, it's it's a cool scene. It's got dramatic tension, all that kind of stuff. It's one of the ones that goes on too long. Yeah. It's just we probably could have been a few minutes shorter there, because like the, a, a scene that exciting with that much action, you shouldn't want it to be over. And before it's done, you want it to be over. Or I do. I want it to be you know, over. Well, and you have the suspense, too, of Anakin. I'm sorry, Sam, oh, but you fine. have the suspense, too, of Anakin losing his arm. Yeah. And as him and Padme run the gauntlet through the, you know, the the mechanisms and stuff, uh, you know, and him getting his hand clamped down and, and, and the different things. I'll tell you something. If you ever want to look up something absolutely hilarious, look up Natalie Portman on a green screen. <laughs> running through that because she is honestly on a treadmill in front of a green screen yes. with nothing, nothing whatsoever, ducking, jumping, bobbing, and weaving. That's a lot to ask an actor. That is a lot I believe the, the original DVD release of Attack of the Clones has, has that in the special it, features. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was one of the internet uh, exclusive yeah. kind of features that they, they had put out. But it goes on a little too long. Yeah, it really does. Um, I mean, what that made me think of, honestly, was the old Super Nintendo games. And, you know, talking about video games, the old side scrollers, you know, if you look at Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, that's what it was. You were basically, it was a side scroller and you were jumping and ducking and you were shooting and doing all these things, but you were moving in this very, you know, repetitive pattern. So what you're telling me, it's, it's Super Skywalker Brothers. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. (laughs) Only, only you're playing as the princess. Yes. Okay. Does that make Anakin Koopa? Because <laughs> <laughs> he can't be Mario. He's the bad guy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But we go from that scene, and then they get caught, and then we end up in like what looks like you know Star Wars Gladiator. I need to see Russell Crowe walk out of there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, th- and this thing goes on a little too long too. And it's exciting. I mean, maybe shorten the fights with the monsters a little bit and bring the Jedi in earlier. I'm not sure. Yeah. It feels like it's a little long there too. Yeah, it's yeah. That scene was kind of uh, kind of strange. You know, they got them chained to the poles, and then you're expecting them to just be, you know, summarily, you know, decapitated yeah. and eaten by these. Well, it turns out Newt Gunray is actually a Bond villain. And uh, so, you know, we don't just shoot the good guys. You know, we we you drag it out as long as possible. And when it doesn't go his way, and they kill the beast trying to kill them, he says, it's not fair. Shoot him or something. You know, they can't do that. But, you know, one thing, guys, that we've skipped over is uh, first things first. Dooku laying the plot out to Obi-Wan. We got another Bond villain. Mm-hmm. He's monologuing. He's monologuing. He's monologuing. <laughs> yes. But you know what? He's telling Obi-Wan the absolute truth. And Obi-Wan does not believe it. He's like, you must be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he does not believe it. So that is very telling of his character, too, because... Well, he was day drinking already. I felt like... <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like he was, you know, maybe going to do this the traditional Sith thing and, yeah. uh, you know, get... Obi-Wan to join him 
and them overthrow Palpatine. Well, we do get the line, I'll never join you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, you get that, you know, it comes full circle. Yeah. All of these mm-hmm. things with Lucas comes full circle. And then, guys, I know the Valentine's Day. <laughs> I was going to say, if we're, we're going to talk. You know, the confession it's finally. of love is finally out there as they're in the carriage. Well, they had said earlier that they'd go through each other, but it would destroy them, so they weren't yeah. going to go through with it. So in here they say, you know, we're about to nah, die. We're going to die anyway. We're going to die anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. and of course, you I know, people raise... do say in moments of emotional stress, and you say and do things that you wouldn't normally do. And they're kind of sort of supposed to be teenagers, so yeah. whatever. We've got some melodrama going on. But also, I just want to raise my hand again and go, committed genocide yesterday i'm like what are you doing what are you thinking you know even in episode four lucas is never one to dwell on the past i mean princess leia had her planet blown up you know three hours previous to you know han solo and luke showing up and you know leia's comforting luke because obi-wan a guy hitting on for 20 minutes you know got (laughs) Got chopped up, and she goes straight into Dodonna and says, "Okay, here's the plans. Here's the plans. Let's, let's go figure this good. out." You know, yeah. she, she had it completely lost her. Leia's tough as nails, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I could see her. Well, you know, that goes Jedi to uh, that goes to the line in uh, the Last Jedi. You know, when uh, the vacuous face can't even. <laughs> That's <her>. right. <laughs> well, you know, in all honesty, you go to uh, you know the line in the Last Jedi when um, Holdo says to her, you know. Or she says, Leia says, you know, I, I can't take it anymore. And Holdo says, yeah, you can. You taught me how. Yeah, you can take it. You taught me how. It's a good line, but we're not reviewing that episode yet. We're not reviewing that episode <laughs> yet, but, you know, Lucas does not dwell upon things, you know, so to speak. So. You can even blame Lucas for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, so they have the thing. The Jedi have got the clone troopers, which seems really rushed. They're just like, well, let's just, well, yeah, they made them. We don't know who made them. We don't know how they got there. We don't know what's been done to them. Let's go to war. Let's just, we got them. We got troops now. It's great. And, you know, don't you think it's a little overkill to take an entire clone army and all of the Jedi Order <laughs> to rescue two Jedis and a senator? Well, that 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 was the day to rob something somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the galaxy is undefended. So, and, 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 and I the believe... police are at the donut shop. <laughs> And I believe according to the Star Wars Visual Dictionary, there were 212 Jedi and 192,000 clone, clone troopers. troopers. Yeah. Wow. A little bit of behind the scenes. Hardcore. To, um, I believe it was sync. Oh, yes. That was, that supposed was the, old, to have the been, big rumor. Yeah, yes. that sync was going to be as Jedi in this scene. <laughs> in this scene, yes. And, you know, they're, thankfully they're nowhere to be found, but... Yeah, you have uh, all these random Jedi doing doing just crazy things and and being Jedi-ish. Yeah, some cool looking ones. Though. Some really cool looking ones. Yeah, Kit Fisto, you know the the green. Uh, I think he's a Nautilus. Oh, he's got yeah. the dreadlocks. Yes. With the big, you know, he pushes down C three PO and smiles. And smiles. Yeah, the, the smile. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah, and you've got some really cool ones. You have some guys doing some really odd things. You got some really clumsy Jedi out there, too. You know, I, I really like the sonic weapons that the Genosians were using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 the bug creatures. But yeah. I, I, I want to skip ahead here because we've been talking off mic a little bit, and me and Dwayne have flipped on, on, a, on an issue here. Okay, let's. I, I, want, to, I want to get to that. Okay, let's, let's get there momentarily. Okay. Uh, one, one character I want to bring uh, a little bit of light to that we've kind of brushed over is Jango Fett, played by Tamara Morrison. I mean, Boba Fett showed up in Empire Strikes Back, not doing much of anything, just kind of standing there, even talking. Looking cool. Yeah, looking cool, and even kind of talking back to Vader a time or two. You know? or, or depending, a New Hope special edition. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there later. Um you know, the one thing too, this was not, not really, <laughs> this was really not tweaked much from the theatrical release to the DVD to the Blu-ray release. Mm-hmm. They, I, I really didn't notice much, if any changes. But uh, you know, didn't, Tim didn't Morrison, they change Yoda? Wasn't Yoda a puppet in some of the original releases? And he's all CGI in the Blu-ray. Isn't he? In um, or is that the Phantom Menace? Yeah, that was a Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Okay. He, he was, was a puppet. A, okay, I thought uh, there was some puppet stuff. In Jimmy Mack of uh, Rebel Force Radio lovingly refers to the episode one Yoda as the catcher's mitt with, with <laughs> eyes. 
So, uh, you know, yeah, he, he was kind of, uh, he was a puppet, but yeah, they went in and since had completely uh, replaced him with CGI. But now this movie, I believe he was almost all, even from the, the get-go, almost yeah. all CG. Uh, but yeah, but Tim Morrison, I mean, how physical a presence, yeah. you know, and how well he carried that role. It's not just face acting, with him, he does too. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, real subtle stuff. Yeah, in a not, not subtle movie. Even when he's, yeah. even even doesn't have lines, just the, his his presence and the, just like a lot of good face acting. Yeah. Well, just, well, his even expressions are really back good. in that scene on Camino between him and Obi Wan. Yeah. I mean, it was a standoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, neither one was backing down. And they both you know. knew who they, each one was. Right, and, yeah, and neither one was intimidated by the yeah. other. You know, and that, I think, came across with Django Fett, you know, and, and Tamara Morrison did a great job as far as bringing that across with Django. Yeah. Now, I do, I do have a nitpick with the gladiator scene. Okay, go ahead. It's just a little annoying thing. Why does Natalie Portman sure get ripped off? She's not Britney Spears. We don't yeah. need that. Yeah, that was one of the things. I mean, I guess this is, you know, to the, to the, you know, I, I know that we've changed the title of uh, the slave princess yeah. due to political correctness. She is now Slayer Leia. Uh, but, you know, I guess that's Lucas just trying to say, you know, hey, guys, here's some skin. But, you know, but we're making, we're making kid movies, story. aren't we? I thought that was the point with the prequels. We're, we're dropping the age, but we're still getting Britney Spears in, in well, a Star Wars movie now. Well, you know, and, and here's three grown men talking about this movie. Well, and I, and I know, <laughs> and look, and look, I've got I've got daughters, yeah, and so I'm more sensitive to stuff like well, that I, than I used to be. Yeah, now I, I have a daughter as well, and yeah, it really does open your eyes, and, and yeah, yeah, it really does open your eyes to you know why, 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 why is that necessary? You know, and she um, actually has a really cool outfit. I mean, that yeah, the all white outfit with the cape. It's a right. really it's cool, really tough looking yeah. outfit. Yeah, it's cool, and yeah. you know, it reveals her form very well. If that's what you weren't going for, with the, I mean, without <laughs> well, I mean, if if you're trying to if you're trying to have an, an attractive, yeah, you know, if, if that's the point. If you're trying to show off, yeah, you know, an attractive I mean, female, why? Yeah, you, you didn't need, need it. that. Yeah, and, but it looked tough. I mean, she looked cool. Yeah, she, and then and then you, I, I just it's a little a little thing that just like tweaked me. I'm like, yeah. we didn't need to do that. Yeah, little Why things are like you doing that. that? Yeah. Marvel's really getting my goose with that here lately. Mm. Um, I've really been upset with the last few movies, but you know we'll get into that in a later episode. But yeah, you're talking about um, frustrated dads with daughters in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about a duel that happens here. Yeah, and so uh, Dooku do- makes just short work of Obi Wan and Anakin, and that's when he loses his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, is is kind of like we kind of like Juke moved earlier. With the uh, the whole like whether he's going to lose it in the droid factory, and so he finally does lose his arm, and then so Dooku is just mopped up, and then Yoda shows up, and then it turns into what I like to call Tasmanian Yoda. Tasmanian <laughs> <laughs> Yoda. And I used to hate this scene, used to hate it so much, and after talking with Dwayne on our fan minutes review. And the way Dwayne explained to me how they explained the EU about how like force running worked. And the way they would manipulate their own bodies with the force, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I get it. When he's not, when he's walking with the cane and moving slow, that's what his body does without the force. Yes, no, he does. When he's naturally. flipping around like the Tasmanian Devil, it's because he's using the force to manipulate his own body. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I see the logic. Still don't love it, but I understand what's going on now. Yeah. But now Dwayne has flipped. So now Dwayne, now explain your feelings about the Tasmanian Yoda. <laughs> well, now that that really is kind of, I guess, what we're talking about with the rip shirt. It's kind of unnecessary with all the all the absolute craziness, and I I understand what they were doing. And hey, I fell for it when you know this movie came out, and years later, God, look, 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 he's going crazy, he's a little crazy, little green guy that can't get around, and he's going crazy, you know. I, I but then you're like, okay, as wise as Yoda was, as powerful in the force as Yoda was. Why did he have to go all, you know, I, I love the term Tasmanian Yoda. You know, and I, was, I was always trying to think, you know, why does he have to go a little green whirlwind? Uh, you know, cause why could not he just, you know, either leap at a different angle and take out Dooku or, 
you know, get a higher purchase for a, you know, more tactical advantage instead of just going, you know, all over the place. It's a little much. Like I said, I, I still yeah. don't love the scene, yeah. but I, I understand what's happening. Yeah, see, and I used to love the scene, and now I'm getting back to the understand why, you know, understand what's happening. You, know, you know, I think it, it's put there as a payoff, finally. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're told over and over what yeah. a master swordsman yeah. Yoda is. You know, and, and and for those of us that, you know, the, the prequels were just prequels to us, you know, we think of old puppet Yoda, yeah. you know, that, that, crazy that's a crazy, says, yeah. you know, kind of deal, right? Uh, you know, we, we kind of see that Yoda in our head. And how <laughs> 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 hmm? you get so big and you food of this kind, you know, we, yeah. we see that, that, that crazy Yoda. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things that I think it was fan service. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally, totally fan service. But I think we need, you know, we needed to see it. I don't know if I do appreciate, you know, Yoda's fighting style as as much as I did others. I think they do it better in Revenge of the Sith. True. I agree with you there. Yeah, I think they hadn't quite figured out yet how they Yoda should move in a fight. I think they they do a better job. And and that was some of the stuff that aged, you know, kind of kind of strange. (laughs) Well, if I remember correctly, this is the first time they tried that, and they convinced Mm -hmm. Lucas to let them do this. You know, um, I think you know I made the joke when we were all off air about hip hop Yoda. You know, I think that was put together to prove to Lucas they could they animate could and move Yoda in a way that would be convincing. This is a test. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And so I do think it got better yeah. with Revenge of the Sith. I think he moves in a way that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. L- less Tasmanian Yoda. Yeah, a lot less. Yeah, a lot less froggy, insecty. I guess you know, leaping around here like a grasshopper. But uh, I, I, but we're, we're nearing the end now, and I. Uh, Sammy was talking earlier off mic about the ending of the movie. And mm-hmm. I think that's some of the, the best stuff that Samuel L. Jackson does yeah. in the prequel. I was, I was hoping one of you guys would bring that up because I was just right now thinking about a way to bring that in. But yeah, Sam Jackson, you see his, uh, you know, you see him whip out the purple lightsaber and go to town. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, the, that, that last thing when he's talking with Yoda, you kind of, cause Samuel L. Jackson has such a great presence mm-hmm. and that he doesn't get to do to, to be that much. very much uh-uh. in the prequels. And I think that, that that last scene when him and Yoda are talking about yeah. what's happened and the new situation, you, you finally get that Samuel L. Jackson gets to be Samuel L. Jackson in in these movies. Yeah, he gets to have his weight. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the word. He, there's a weight he brings to yes, it. Definitely. Yeah. But you, you had a point you wanted to make about that last that last scene. Oh, as far as the... Yeah, Yoda's line. Yoda's line. Yeah, you know that yeah. that's that's my favorite quote in the whole movie, because you know, like you said, Sam Jackson has this weight to mm-hmm. him. But then you've got Ewan McGregor, and he goes, "Well, if it wasn't for the the clones, you know, this would not have been a victory." And then all of a sudden, you know, Yoda just kind of gives him the side eye, you know, <laughs> and he's like, "Victory, victory, you say, Master Obi Wan, not victory. The shroud of the dark side has fallen." begun the clone war has and right away you know as an old school fan you're like this is it this is what i've been waiting for yeah and we're finally there and then we miss every bit of it <laughs> yeah until it's animated yeah <laughs> yeah this this is true because you know it starts you know this movie ends where the clone war starts yes episode three starts with the clone wars ends with ends yes so we miss yeah, and it's it's went from I think three to six years is is kind of what mm-hmm. they've they've uh, kind of done the time frame. But down. there's a, but there's a real heft to that scene. Oh yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. You really feel that at the end of the movie. Yeah, you really feel that. And then you have the wedding um, on Naboo, which is beautiful to look at. Gorgeous. I wish it. I mean, I, you just want to like you know rescue Natalie Portman. I'm like, like this guy has <laughs> has done something to your brain. You know, like you need to, we need to help you uh, rescue you from this. What was I think all those scenes were in Italy, Lake Cuomo in Italy, oh, it I believe, is where they were. And the, the costume stuff, absolutely gorgeous. It looks great. You know, I think what's really telling in that scene, you know, is not the wedding per se. It's three PO and R two are the witnesses, mm-hmm. and you know that's what they've been through the whole thing. Yeah. They're the witnesses. You know, when you go back and you start talking about what influenced Lucas. 
you know, you talked about, and I know Dwayne's talked before about Hidden Fortress and Kurosawa and, you know, that's the type of thing. So yeah. we, we start off right away with the droids as the witnesses and mm-hmm. they're literally the witnesses in this case. I wonder if Anakin killed the guy that did the ceremony, though. He's not to have any witnesses. He'll kill anybody. He'll he doesn't kill care. <laughs> You're holding me back. That's too great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it looks great. I mean, the costuming, the 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 scenery. I mean, it it yeah. looks amazing. You just you want to talk, you know, rescue her from the scene. But yeah, it really. But does. maybe they deserve each other. Maybe they're both nut jobs. I mean, <laughs> maybe they maybe they were made for each other. I don't know. You know. It, it, I do think we need to back up just for a minute and and just talk for a second about who is really to blame for all of this. Who gets the blame? Qui-Gon. Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jar Jar is manipulated and he's blamed for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it true. was Jar Jar before the Senate uh, proposing emergency mm-hmm. powers. And remember, if you think about the scene, Palpatine and Masameda are standing there. And Palpatine says something to the effect, if, if only someone were brave enough yeah. to propose this by Queen Amidala. Or if only we had somebody see, dumb enough. We would fall for this. <laughs> and Jar Jar gets that look, yeah. you know, like, ooh, Misa, do it. You know? But, but I, really, I really do think, like, Qui-Gon was the only one that wanted to train Anakin. If if we hadn't listened to Qui-Gon at the very beginning, number one, Padme wouldn't be having to go through all this. And she would could have married somebody that wasn't insane. Um, and maybe, maybe none of this would have ever happened. And, uh, you know, maybe Palpatine never finds his stooge and never, maybe this doesn't work out. Maybe Qui-Gon really is at the root of everything that happens oh, that goes wrong. Old school Marvel comics. What if? What if? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. In this movie, I mean, poor, I mean, it was probably just because fans had been so mad about we, he George Jordan and Phantom Menace. We set him up to be the bad guy in this one. He becomes a patsy, yeah. you know, unfortunately. Yeah. I, was, I thought you were going more big picture. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was going to the Clone Wars itself. But, you know, big picture, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Qui-Gon would have only went along with the Jedi Council. One. Yoda was right from the very beginning. That's right. They just listened to Yoda. Everything would have been fine. Need a t-shirt. Yoda was right. Yoda was right. <laughs> well, I think, I think if we're done with our review, we can go into some awards. First award, I'm gonna throw this one to Sammy. He's All our guest. Right. He gets to go first, and he earned he earned his knighthood this evening. So, oh, thank you, thank you. Best performance. Who you got? Best performance. Um, you know, overall, and I will say this for any of the prequel movies in general, my favorite performance is Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. Um, I love the growth of the character. I think he grows with the character. I think he believably is becoming the the man that Alec Guinness portrays. So to me, best performance is is Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan Kenobi. That's a good answer, Dwayne. What have you got? I'm gonna side with Sammy overall. Ewan McGregor. I mean, his performance is consistent through both movies uh, as Obi-Wan. But, you know, to look at this movie in particular, I'm going to drag out to Mar- Morrison you know, as Jango Fett. Uh, just, you know, he was only in this movie. He was only in it for a short time. But, man, his portrayal and his presence as Jango Fett really, really impacted. Those are both good answers. So, James, so they were not yes. the right answer. Oh, James, so what, what, is, what are you feeling is, is the, the right, right answer? answer? Christopher Lee. Still, his character doesn't make any sense. We don't, we don't, get, we don't actually get a good introduction to him. That man steals every scene he's in. We don't know anything about who Count Dooku is. Christopher Lee's great. So you, you spent 20 minutes going on about how this character should not even I didn't be. say Count Dooku was the best character in the movie. The best performance. The best performance was I came up with these awards myself. I worded them very carefully so I could do this. The best performance is Nice, nice. Okay. okay. I, I could go with that. I, I can understand. So, so as Jamie uh, prepares his uh, 
for the for the state bar. Um, we going to worded it very carefully. Very carefully. Okay, um, you know, Christopher Lee, you know, he I don't know that he has much of a choice but to chew up scenery when he's in. You can't take your eyes off of him though. No, he 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 demands your attention. Yeah. yeah. He he truly does. Yeah. So next up we have best scene. Jamie. I'm going to disagree with both of you. And I, I'm probably wrong on this one. It's just the, that's the time I have the most fun. It's the opening chase scene from the chase and the bounty hunters. Yeah. I, that for me is the most fun I have in this movie. It's probably the only minute in the entire prequels that I like Anakin Skywalker. So for me, it's the opening chase scene. We're chasing bounty hunters. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, link with Jamie and, you know, forego the obvious. And, you know, that that is the best scene in the movie. A uh, little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff also. Uh, the sound effect of the speeder, the whistly one, is feedback on a vintage electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sam, what's the correct answer? You know, well, I don't know if it's the correct answer, you know. And, you know, would, I guess when I first kind of thought about this, you know, I fell into the you know, we get the fan payoff. We see Yoda fight. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the more I think about it and the more we talked about it, you know, my favorite scene is probably Obi-Wan and Jango chasing through the asteroids. Yeah. Because it's it's that combination of, like we talked about, the sound, the visuals, you know, everything just comes together so well. Plus we have that, that old maneuver that shows up time and time again in star Wars of hiding underneath the asteroid slash garbage slash spaceship. So, you know, and that's something I think that carries through. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great scene. Also honorable mention will be the, uh, you know, the Obi or the uh, Dooku Yoda fight. And of course the Jedi, battle royal in the uh, arena and, and a sneaky good one is yeah. is Django versus obi-wan out yeah. in the rain on camino that's yeah. a really good yeah one yeah there's a lot of good scenes in here notably none of the romantic <laughs> scenes you know this being a, a valentine episode but i guess this you know is, i thought you, you know. would say 3po's head on a battle droid body <laughs> oh my I, legs <laughs> i have this ginormous soft spot for c3po None of the moments that were in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty... C3PO and R2D2, I mean, they really carry a lot of Star Wars, not but not here. Yeah. No. This is the low point for them. Yeah. This this was the, the, the cheese was just a little too stale. Okay. Now, for, uh, now I think for the award we're going to get to, that's really going to show this is a Valentine's Day episode. This is the one that's on here because of the time of the year. What's the worst scene in this movie? <laughs> or quote, slash quote, whatever you want to go with. What's the worst part of this movie? Oh. Gosh, we're both looking at Sammy. We're going to go first. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but the, the the probably the worst quote of all, and I know I'm going to steal here because it is the worst quote. The worst quote in this whole movie is "sand." <laughs> it gets everywhere. <laughs> The force may be strong with that one. The game is not. <laughs> no. Yeah. That to me is hands down, you know, the worst line of the whole thing. And there's some really rough lines <laughs> between Padme and Anakin, especially. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, I, I wanted to be like snarky and go with every every scene on the boo. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, on on this rewatch, a scene hit me that made me so. Uh, it's probably the the you know the, the dad of daughters now, but when he comes back after committing genocide and confesses to her, I killed them all, not just the men, the women, the children. The children too. And her and her response is to go comfort him. I'm like, that for me is the worst thing in this movie. When she doesn't run screaming, but instead runs to comfort him. That for me, that for me, that that's the worst scene in the movie. Now, sand is still the worst quote. That's not even close. But the worst scene is when she goes to comfort him after that. That yeah. just for me is like, maybe you people deserve each other. I don't know. <laughs> Quite possibly so. I'm going to go with the scene by the fireplace 
when they're uh, discussing, you know, if, if you're as miserable as I am, please let me know. Oh, and they look miserable. That, I mean, that, I am so, <laughs> I have so much sympathetic discomfort for them in that scene. I'm just like, I just want to leave the room. Yeah. You just, just, you guys work this out. I'm going to go in here and make a sandwich. Can we turn the camera yeah. off? <laughs> you know, the, you know, there are so many of those scenes though. And even the characters in the movie, look like they're uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, even from the beginning, you know, Captain Typho looks like, oh my gosh, when, when Anakin <laughs> looks at Obi-Wan and says, you know, protection is our mandate. And they're starting to bicker. I mean, Typho's looking like, okay. You know, even Jar Jar gets that this isn't right. Yeah. You know, but then with Anakin and Padme, there's just so many of them. Yeah, there's <laughs> a even lot the of uncomfortableness. Like when, when they went to Naboo and they first got there, and like she's talking about what she's going to do, he tries to interrupt. Like, well, I'm in charge of blah blah blah. Like, all the people, I'm like, I'm not yeah. sure if the actor's supposed to do it or not, but they all look at him like, who does this guy think he is? Yeah, the, the queen gives him a look. Yeah. Sail Bibble gives him a look. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the 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 whole died there. It's yeah. weird. All right, so we finished our awards. You want to move on to keeping it 100? Yes, let's do that. And uh, I was slacking here. Uh, you get my timer going here. So this is the part of the show where we take 100 seconds to recommend something to our co-host and or guest. Hopefully you are a listener. We are able to clue you in on some things as well. So let me grab my timer. Are you ready? Yes. And go. It's a biography called George Lucas, A Life by Brian J. Jones. Mm. It's fascinating. Um, it goes into um, George Lucas's personal life. Um, and you kind of get why some of the stuff happens the way it happens. But also it goes really in depth to the, the, his filmmaking, like his philosophy on storytelling and what he wanted to do with his career and how he got sidetracked into things he wasn't that were never his actual aim and goal and and his like what's important to him in a movie it's it's really fascinating all and even if you don't care about the personal stuff all of the filmmaking parts they talk about as a Star Wars fan it's it's just it's really gripping I'm done Okay you did it in 30 seconds or well 40 seconds Jamie so good job there I was just giving you the 1 minute mark when you No I was I was done we're done. Yeah. Okay, great. But it's, it's, and it's really well written. It's not, it's not dry at all. It's easy to read. Cool. Um, I'll have to check that out. George Lucas, Alive, because he really does a lot of strange moves yeah. with, his, uh, with his storytelling. And it was really neat how um, the forming of Lucasfilm and Industrial Light and Magic, how he kind of gave the studio to these guys went off, started making his movie, trusting them to get all the effects together and come back and they'd just been burning joints. <laughs> and so how he had to take over yeah. that and really finagle. Yeah. Really, There's really, a lot of really about interesting. That, that era of, of the films. Okay. Films. Really interesting. Well, yeah. um, I'm going to go next. We'll let uh, Sam go last and I am Three, ready. Two, one, go. Okay, my recommendation is going to be something that is an old, old, old story I have just started visiting. Um, John Carter of Mars. Um, Edgar Rice Burroughs. I've just started getting into some of these books, and, and I'm about halfway through an audio book. And uh, it's, I've found out it's a little later in the series, so I'm going to have to go back and, and get these things in order because this is really intriguing me with his writing style. And being a little bit older, you know, John Carter... Um, I know Disney made the movie that kind of flopped and I've not seen it and I'm really kind of wanting to visit it after this and it may end up uh, along with kind of like our Valerian episode I'm, I'm kind of concerned how that's going to go but you know what, you, what you've got is John Carter who is a Civil War veteran gets zapped up to Mars and becomes a hero there and uh, a legend and uh, almost a, a deity like a godlike character uh, very, very interesting writing style, a uh, very interesting story so far, and I'm looking forward to getting into some more of those, and that'll be mine. I second that one. I enjoy that series. Yeah. All right. Okay, Sam, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, do it. Okay, go. so I'm going to go the complete 180 polar opposite of Star Wars, and I'm going to propose a comic series, uh, Star Trek, no. New Visions. No, no, no. no. <laughs> now, <laughs> the great part about New Visions 
is that, first of all, it's original trilogy, original Star Trek okay. TV, but it's also by the legendary creator John Byrne. Mm. Now, Byrne does all the writing, but instead of drawing, it's all photo montage. Ooh. He takes pictures from the original series. He redoes them. He recolors them, you know, as far as compositing, and he puts together new stories. And I just finished the second issue this morning, and it pulls in, you know, the classic Mirror Mirror episode where Spock's got the beard and everybody's evil on the Enterprise in this alternate dimension. So it's a good read. It's on Comixology. I was introduced to that recently, and I've loved it. So live long and prosper. Awesome. That sounds hey, great. Uh, you turned turn his mic off, right? Uh, yeah, uh, he's he's been muted. Yeah, okay, good. He's, he's been muted, but yeah, that that actually does sound like a lot of fun, Sammy. So uh, yeah, thanks for the recommendation of uh, Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire. Um, we'll <laughs> can we revoke which his was, knighthood? Which was also excellent. Hey, uh, hey, Sammy. Yes. The door is right behind you. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think the windows look a little more quicker. <laughs> You know, the really funny thing is I had something else in mind, and I just thought, okay, this would be great to go with. <laughs> Let's do a Star Wars podcast and bring in Star Trek for keeping it you know, 100. Well, Three I guess, episodes is enough. I guess every round table has to have their Galahad. Yeah. <laughs> or Jester, right? <laughs> Sir Bors. <laughs> Bors, yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, uh, well, that was our review of... Uh, Episode two, uh, the Phantom. Uh, and uh, I think from the pointless of the rankings going forward, I'm going to rank the top five episodes. Sammy's not going to be invited to be on. No. <laughs> <laughs> so no more Star Wars, huh? <laughs> okay, Sammy just may have gotten a demotion. He may be cleaning his stables. <laughs> Back to stable boy. So the Keanu connection for Attack of the Clones is going dun, out dun, straight dun. from Ace Windu. I know we're both Samuel L. Jackson fans. Straight from Ace. Okay, so Samuel L. Jackson was in one of my personal favorite movies, and what, I, in my opinion, is the best Will Ferrell movie. Sam Jackson was in a Will Ferrell movie? Yes. I don't remember this. Now, Sam Jackson is a prolific actor. <laughs> I mean, if I think all that someone has to say is, hey, Sam, I'm making a movie, and he's like, okay, I'm in it. Do you have a check? I'll be in it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, George Lucas spoke very kindly of Sam Jackson uh, during the Star Wars productions he said he's like a ditch digger he shows up he does his job and he goes home yeah. he's consistent so what jamie is the keanu connection so samuel jackson was in the other guys which i have not seen you have not seen that I have not seen my it. favorite will ferrell movie and it, 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 it's sneakily i think actually I, I do like me some will ferrell so i may have to check this out it's really funny and samuel jackson he's got it's, it's a little bit more than a cameo Okay. But the, the movie opens with him and The Rock as partners, and they're cops. Oh, and is it The Rock, or is it Wahlberg? No, Wahlberg's in it. We're getting to that. That's okay. the rest of the Keanu connection. Okay. So okay. also in The Other Guys, Marky Mark is in this movie. He okay. will always be Marky Mark to me. I know I know he's Mark Wahlberg now. And he's he's always Marky Mark. He'll always be Marky Mark. He's always on the wild side. Okay, so Marky Mark was also in The Italian Job. A really fun That was a really good movie. movie. I really yeah. liked it. Also in The Italian Job, which... I can't say her name right. Charlize Theron. Yeah. Charlize Theron. Oh. You know uh, where I'm going. Yep. Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Al Pacino. And she was yes. great in that. She was wonderful. That's a very, very uh, powerfully acted movie. Yeah. And Al Pacino was in that, who was great in that movie. And mm -hmm. a fella who held his own with the great actors, Charlize Theron and Al Pacino, was our Keanu. Keanu, our beloved Keanu. And he held his own. You know, he was Ke good in that movie. And, and, and as our doctrine states, Keanu is a highly underrated actor. <laughs> So therein lies the Keanu connection. So, Jamie, what's our next quest? Our next quest is one of my all-time favorite books, but it's actually Dwayne's pick. He picked the novel Dune. Yes, the novel Dune. Um, I had actually just completed uh, my first uh, my first completion, probably my third attempt <laughs> at it. Um, I, I, oh, I no. probably I know will. how this is going to go now. No, I, I was really <laughs> impressed with it. I'll probably end up speaking some to the the movie uh, a little bit too because that was my introduction to Dune. And I have really strong feelings about the differences in the book and movie. Um, 
And uh, so, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Jamie, uh, I understand we also have received... We have our first email. E- yes. Now, All we, right. Now, we, we made the offer a few weeks ago, that well, a few episodes ago. We record these things weird. I have no idea what time frame that actually was <laughs> in real time. But uh, we, had a, we got our first email, and the offer was whoever sent in the first email got to pick their episode. Got to make us watch, read, and review anything that they wanted. And it was actually my youngest brother um, who normally calls to give us, gives me a hard time about our episodes. But this time he actually emailed and he had a great choice. I got it for the first time in his life. He did something smart <laughs> and he wants us to review tombstone. And my, and my, and, and my response was, I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah. Be your Huckleberry. Yes, sir. So we, uh, we had uh, tombstone on our list of episodes this year to do anyway. So we're going to bump that up. <laughs> We're going to bump that up a little closer and uh, looking really forward to getting into that. And Jamie, how did that email come to us? At roundtablenerds at gmail.com. All right. And if you guys want to drop us a line, send us a note, maybe recommend us some stuff. We'll uh, definitely get a conversation going. We'll we'll uh, take anything into consideration. Yeah, yeah, we'll take anything into consideration. Also, follow us on Facebook at nerds of the round table that is nerds with a k as always as well as the email it's a public group anybody can join yeah anybody can join uh, i know i've sent out a few uh, a few uh, ads myself but uh, also we are on instagram at uh, roundtable nerds 2 and i think we're kind of laying off the twitter for a little while so twitter's a dark place yeah, twitter is kind of keeping my distance twitter i used to, has I used to kind of volatile twitter. I'm, I'm kind of over Twitter now. Yeah, so. Twitter has turned uh, sort of volatile. So yeah. uh, as always, we'd like to thank you for listening. Sammy, thank you for being our guest. And um, opposed to your um, in uh, recommendation there, your, your knighthood <laughs> shall stand. Uh, well, thank you very uh, much, yeah, guys, we'll, for having me. You, you've, uh, you've been a great friend of the show and a great supporter here, and we truly love having you. And until next time... Hey, 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 hey wait. Hey, Sammy. Yes? Live, live long and go away. <laughs> Sand gets everywhere.